Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Hello, welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. Today's episode is the part two of the episode that came out on Wednesday. So if you haven't heard part one, go back and listen to that. Jared is one of my new favorite guests and truly had so many amazing insights and opinions on what's going on in Bravo right now and I can clearly tell y'all are liking it based on all the amazing comments I've been getting so thank you for that and if you really 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 want to make me happy head over to Apple Podcasts give me a five-star rating and leave a review it is the best way to let other Bravo lovers find out about the show and it's also a great way for me to secure advertising because this hobby Hopefully, it will pay me one day. Anyways, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy part two, and let me know your thoughts in the DMs, on Instagram, anywhere you can reach me. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. That, like, I got blocked by Jax a year and a half ago because I was like, why are you picking on Raquel? She is 21, a recent college graduate. Immediate block. Like, bro, do you even read the things that you're blocking? Maybe if you read the things that people were saying and actually made changes rather than just blocking, silencing, no longer in his life, like, you can maybe hold yourself accountable and maybe get a little bit... Of credibility, which is, yeah, which is kind of like... But, like, honestly, at the end of the day, here's my thing with that. Like, if you're on a reality show, you don't get to block people. And it's not so much as, like... Because they block people... Brittany and Jax are like two of I think like my least favorite people in television I know we weren't supposed to talk about them but like they're like two of my least favorite people and I think that from the beginning and I think a woman can do whatever she wants to her body as far as image wise you know what I mean if you want to get your tits done if you want to get the whole new face I'm proud of you go ahead you know what I mean I find beauty in women all over so I think that like all types of women are beautiful I have not one issue with a woman like adjusting her appearance like via surgery but I think that when you're on a TV show and like as the TV show is like progressing and you start to alter your appearance and like accept that your boyfriend is cheating on you and refuse to let anyone speak negatively about you, it's like, you're not doing this right. Like, I get it. You want to be on a TV show. I get it. Brittany and Jax to me are like, you don't get to be, unless you're Denise Richards, you don't get to be, I'm not talking about that or we're not going there. You know what I mean? The shit with the pastor, problematic as fuck really really fucked up i was 
when Tom Sandoval like called him out on that, I'm like, good for him. You know what I mean? Like, Someone has to. Because it's fucking problematic. You're on a TV show for all intents and purposes in the gay epicenter of the world. Everyone is gay in West Hollywood. So it's like if you're in like the center of these gay people and like you're saying all this shit. Jax, like, was it last year that Jax like attacked that guy calling him like, I don't know if he called him the F word, but like he was definitely like, it was like some random fan. He was like, I bet you like get your dick sucked. Like all you yes, yes. I took a screenshot of it the other day. How Um, did that make it? How are you still on the show? Like, how is that still? You know what I mean? Like collective, you know, ignorance. They pick and and selective activism and performative activism, where you are. I'm gonna activate, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be this activist right now. And it's like Bravo, like you've now opened up a door where like there's a lot more people like i.e. Ramona Singer posting all lives fucking matter did you see that you saw that right yeah but and then that's why like this past week was really nice so this past weekend Bravo on their Instagram they did not put it on the network which is unfortunate but they had a Instagram live with Candy Burris Portia Williams both from Atlanta and then Giselle Bryant from the Raw House of Potomac talking about, it was called Amplify Your Voices. And I can't remember the guys who was named Justin something. Oh, his last name escapes me right now. But he was so great. I loved him. I, I cannot remember his last name for the life of me. But they had like a really great discussion about what's going on in the country right now. And Portia, one, should run for public office because she is so powerful when she speaks. And she is direct, she is to the point, Every single thing she said, I was nodding and like, yes, yes, yes. Who is Biden? Who Biden? Who? Like, please, like, she should run for some sort of public office in Atlanta. Truly, she's fighting out there every single day and making her voice heard in an approachable way. Because I think, like, even I had a friend who was doing like the whole All Lives Matter thing, and I like sent him a text, and then he said to me, he was like, wow, like, he said like reminds me of uh, Lisa Renner when she's like oh, you're angry like when she said that in like the upcoming season but he was like I'd be like wow you're, you're, said, you're, clearly, you're clearly angry and I said the whole world is angry and if you can't understand that then that's a problem but then I looked back and was like you know what when you're dealing with a racist you gotta kind of have to sprinkle little things in their mind and maybe plant a seed and hope they grow and hope the things that you say will resonate in them and you can't force it or else they'll reject it and I keep noticing that and so the way Portia was speaking was just like kind of inspiring to me where I'm like she's on the front lines she's a black woman she's the granddaughter of a civil rights activist who was best friends with Martin Luther King who he is prominently featured in the movie Selma too and just hearing how calm, cool, and collected she was, talking about something so incredibly passionate. She was tear gassed and had to put milk on her face to fucking- Did you see the video? Did you see that video? No, I can't watch like that shit, like that. So it's like literally, I I watched it and she's in a peaceful protest and you hear her start to scream, that's gas, that's gas. She doesn't, it happens in real time. It's horrific. Because at the end of the day, I 100, listen, like, Portia has been my MVP for years. I have loved- years, I loved her. I, after the what year, the Cordell years. 
yeah, yeah in the beginning i was like pounds of dead weight <laughs> yeah in the beginning i was like this is weird but he could work at Vanderpump. he could work at least at Vanderpump's restaurants because like i said you can't be openly gay but like with the, i was gonna but, say it but i was <laughs> i could i could see it i was like oh he's gonna do it he's gonna do it. <laughs> um i like Portia. so listen like i I have a really beautiful friend named Kazaya, who is one of the most beautiful girls in the world. She's a great, great, great friend of mine. And she looks, her and Portia have like, they could be sisters. Like they have a very similar facial structure. Yeah. Like you ever see somebody where you're like, oh, like, like people used to say I looked like Elijah Wood when I was a kid. It's one of those things where like, th so I immediately like took a liking to Portia because she just felt familiar to me. And that, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, so I, I, I met, I, so watching Portia I was already in, but like, Portia to me is you're not expecting how intelligent she is because she's so funny and ratchet on like the other side of it. Like she's yeah. so able to like go into that reality television comedian world where she's just hysterical. Like I sent you messages during that fucking reunion where I was, I was screaming at the top of my lungs because she's so funny. But then, like, you're saying to, like, dive into... And she's stunning. Like, I, I just feel like I have to say it. She's stunning. The but, like, then... Yeah, the most beautiful. The most beautiful. But then to, like, go into really the way she's speaking. And after she said she got gassed, like, after they gassed her, she said she was just inspired to keep going. She was like, you know what? Like, I felt this. And I was like, I went through this. And I'm going to keep fighting. And especially from those, like comments she made like in the earlier seasons when she thought the underground railroad was like actually underground those kinds of things where it's like you know her grandfather jose i believe is how you pronounce his name like jose williams i williams I, yeah jose williams duh is obviously like she talks about in one of these interviews she talks about kind of marching with him when she was a child and she said she didn't really understand the magnitude but she felt like she was doing something important and she knew that she was a part of something and she said that it wasn't really until after this George Floyd stuff where she was like, I can't stay silent on this in the way I have been anymore. I have to be out in the front of this. I have to be active. And I just think that like to have a voice like Portia's, to have a platform like Portia's, she's doing so much good for the black community because they're going to look at a woman like that and they're going to say, this is a woman from maybe the same kind of area that I'm in. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe the same kind of situation that I'm in or they're going to relate to her. And I think that to watch her almost take that, that funny act, that what she does on the show, and then to flip it on this, I'm like, you are a multifaceted, incredibly inspiring woman. And I just think that, like, especially in times like these, those are the reality stars I want to be looking at, or the people that are saying, stop the cameras and let's, like, actually have a conversation about what's going on. Well, because at the end of the day, like, they are real people living in reality. Like, we see truncated versions of their lives. Like, we see such a small little portion. And even it's so interesting because we've talked about on this show how it's going to be weird to think, like, reality shows are going to come back. And it's like, what, post-quarantine? There's a lot of trauma that is being built up in quarantine. There's a lot of trauma that comes from protesting and being tear gassed. And there's a lot of feelings that people are feeling right now everybody's broke. Everybody doesn't have a job. Everybody's fighting. We are incredibly divided as a nation. How are we then supposed to go back and say, okay, um, Portia and Nini are going to get their nails done. And then, uh, it's going to flip uh, everything on yeah. its head. And, so, and, and even like sitting here and talking about it, like I saw so many people on Instagram posting, how can I ever watch Bravo again with what's going on? It's like, 
when were we looking at Bravo shows as our moral compasses? Like, I never- You have- Vicki Gunvalson, why isn't she saying something about Black Lives Matter? Because she doesn't care about Black Lives, and has never. And, and she's Black a fucking homophobe. Yeah. She's a homophobe. These people they don't care. They all run in the same circles. Homophobes, the racists, they're yeah. all- Yeah, yeah, they know each other. They, and we, that's we see like, each other. Uh, yeah, we see each other. But it's like another thing where I 100% agree. People always, like my mother is a typical Jersey Italian woman. She is beautiful. I love everything about her. But for all intents and purposes, she's pretty fucking woke. You know what I mean? Like my mom has been posting eight to nine times a day, like defund the police. And like my mom's on it, really on it. And my mom like would always be like, why do you watch those housewife shows? And I'm like, you know, I watch other things. I love Game of Thrones and like I loved, there's other TV shows that I like, scripted television that I enjoy. The thing about, (laughs) the thing about Bravo is it's very much like I sometimes want to be mindless. You know what I mean? I just want to like, if I get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of Atlanta, if like, I don't care. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'll pick it up. If something dramatic happens, I'll rewind it. And that's what I think reality TV is meant to be. And I'm interested to see, you know, because they're supposed to start filming Jersey again. They, like, just announced that, like, they're going to, like, I think on July 20th. And I'm like, but where? Where are you going to film it? And it's like, what are you guys going to talk about? Because at the end of the day, like, once again, I know this isn't on the docket. But, like, at the end of the day, it's, there's really problematic people on that show, too. If you're not going to, like, take to task, like, everybody, like, they're like in the in the Bravo like the press release. They're like, we're gonna talk about like Teresa's relationship and dating. And I'm like, what? You guys have to figure it out. We have to move forward in a different way because at this point, I don't want like a five minute scene on the Real Housewives of Potomac talking about institutionalized racism. Like I want like, I want to know like coming out of quarantine, what happened? You know what I mean? Where what's going on with you? And I think, like, even people, like, saying we need to air this stuff on Bravo, and I agree, like, these conversations do need to be held on Bravo, but they need to be done properly. They can't be rushed, and you can't put Andy Cohen at the helm of a race conversation. I mean... You know, and then, you know, so NBC decided that they're going to put a $100 million multi-year plan to advance social justice and equality, which is great. Money does solve some problems. Like, without leadership that are people of color, you cannot expect a group of white people to understand or to know the right steps or to produce the right shows or to have the correct discussions. Like, you can't. And it's not because white people can't do it. It's because there are blind spots because of white privilege. And so I think that's, like, what people aren't understanding. They're saying, why, you know, and then... I don't know. And then there's the other side of the coin where it's like, yeah, of course, like I want these conversations to be had on Bravo, but Bravo is not NPR. Bravo is not the New York Times. Bravo is, I'm not fucking Christian Amanpour. I don't need to sit up here and pretend I am like Miss Woke USA 2020. I'm not. I'm just like Kristen. I'm living, I'm learning, I'm laughing. You know, (laughs) people don't come to this show to learn about, you know, tips on being a social justice warrior period. And I'm not even pretending like that's the case. And people aren't looking at Bravo to do that either. And for people to expect Bravo to sit up here and teach the world about race, what the fuck is the point? What and is especially, the especially the like you, especially like you said, if we're going to have like white people at the helm of it, like, 
I don't think, I don't speak for the black community. I really don't. But I don't, in my heart of hearts, believe the black community really has a single another second for white people talking about the way they treat black people. If you want to do it, you know what? Get me new voices. Like, if you really want to do it, find voices that are educated in the community, that are speaking to people, that understand what institutionalized racism has done over the years. And you know what? Give me an hour-long expose of moments in Bravo where you guys fucked it up. You know what I mean? And, and, and show me maybe an area where this is racist. You know what I mean? Like, having this situation here this way is racist. And then you know what? Move on. Because at this point, like, like you said, it's going to get to a point where it's counterfeit. And nobody, like, I want to hear from, like, the people that have been affected by racism. I want to hear about the people that, like, want to change racism. I don't want to hear how sorry you are because, like, you said the N-word in a tweet six years ago and you're mad you got caught. Yeah. You're a racist. And I just don't, at this point, like, for me, like, I agree. Like, I don't come to your show because I'm like, I can't wait to hear how woke Megan is. I'm like, I watched the same shit that she did and I need to make sure that we're on the same page. It's like, so for me, like, I feel like it's just at a place now where what I mean to say, like, by looking at the problematic cast members of these different shows is like, it's at a place now where it's, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do? This stuff is gonna keep happening. So if you don't have like these conversations to be had on Bravo about racism or even mental health, like and stuff that's happening like during the quarantine, it's kind of like on the other end of it, it's like, maybe don't because it's like I don't really know if you're gonna make anything better you know like post up like where people can go to get that information or you know what maybe dedicate maybe put a news show on Bravo if you want to put something that's educated on Bravo and have the people watch it that want to watch it you know but like look at shows like Fashion Queens that were on for like 20 minutes you know what I mean and a lot of shows that have non-white cast whether it's Mexican Dynasties like there are so many Texicanas, like there's a million shows that are cut off after season one. And I understand there's a ratings thing, but I also know for a fact, because I work in production, that it's the money and the advertising you put behind these shows. You wonder why Dallas and Potomac don't have good numbers? Because they're not invited to BravoCon. Only two people from the cast are invited to BravoCon. The women are barely invited on to Watch What Happens Live. When you are a network that is especially like a web, with Watch What Happens Live and other talk shows, because NBC is a major network. It's a parent company to a lot of different Yeah, networks. yeah. You have the ability to get your cast members onto other talk shows and onto e-shows and do all of these things and have all these press. If you're not giving them the same exact opportunities, then that's Bravo's fault. That's Bravo's fault, not the viewers for not watching. Because anytime someone's like, oh, I started watching Potomac and it's incredible. And I said, well, yeah, you know what? You wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even and know. And it's like, Potomac has been fucking incredible since day they one. Potomac they has been killing it from the jump. And I thought initially, like, the marketing behind Potomac was so interesting because it was like, where the fuck is Potomac? And I was like, oh, oh now I'm watching. I'm like, now I'm watching. I'm like, I have, like, I'm going to watch it. And it's like, I was so happy to see another cast of Black women. But I do have a lot of issues with, I think, just bravo in general and representation because i think like that they do the black and people of color that they have on the show they really like put them into boxes and i think that like they they really push forth this there's like a nini and then there's like a quad and then there's like a, a giselle sure. 
Yes. And I agree. Like I love, I don't, I, I, I love Nene Leakes. I think she's great television and I know not, I know she's not everybody's favorite, but you know, in watching her, sometimes I sympathize with her where I do think they're like, nobody wants happy Nene. They want angry black woman Nene. That's what they want. So exactly. she's not giving. Then you begin to feed that beast. And then when you aren't doing that, people are like, she's soft. She's changed. She's boring. She's boring. She's boring. It's like, so she can't, you can't win. And also like, let us not forget the number one rated show on Bravo is Atlanta. The number one highest paid, highest paid, oh my God, highest paid housewife is Candy Burris on the Raw Housewives of Atlanta. Like, let us not forget the hierarchy. So, you know, you could talk all you want. Ramona Singer says Raw Housewives of New York is the best show in the world. Well, numbers are different. And granted, I am partial to New York Housewives because, like, I'm a sadist and I love watching um, people's downfalls happen on television. But, like, you can't lose sight of that. And Bravo can't lose sight of that. And even, like, Married to Medicine, Married to Medicine LA, like, these women don't get the same opportunities and their shows are so good. But you never see the Married to Medicine women anywhere anywhere i'm telling you for not even a on minute, instagram not even posting ever ever nothing and it's like even shaw's people like forget about shaw's when it's not on because they don't you don't hear about it we see reza on watch what happens live and sometimes mj the rest of them i feel like i don't know if you agree but the rest of them i feel like unless their shows in cycle we don't see them Teresa judice is on Watch What Happens Live once a month. <laughs> He's got fucking, like, there's people on there that, like, are no longer housewives, but they're getting on their... That Heather Dubrow, he'll, like, you know, Brandy Glanville, these nobody feels trying to garner up some buzz from them rather than giving the people on your shows an actual fair shot. And, and it's unfortunate, and it's clear as day, and it has been for anybody watching these things with a keen eye. And so now everybody's like, we need to hold Bravo to task. And it's like, that's not our job as a viewer. That's not- No, it's, it's Bravo's job to hold themselves. It's Bravo's job to, yeah, it's their, you're right. You're really right with that because it's like, I was even saying that earlier where I'm like, we have to hold them to task, but you're right. It's not our job to do that. We don't go to Bravo for that. We go to Bravo, Bravo to like- pay me to make them make content that's not offensive. Like that's a them problem if their content and their bullshit is gonna be offensive to people. I enjoy it generally because, you know, you watch these people make these fucking terrible decisions. Leanne Locken, watching her downfall on television was crazy. It was crazy. Un like, un unreal, un unreal. It was one of those things where and you know what? That was kind of one of the first where they're like, you're fired for this. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it's like, you know, you're on TV. You know, people are watching you. I don't make racist comments. I don't make racist jokes. I definitely have some offensive jokes in my back pocket. And like, I have some like things, you know, that are off color, but like, I don't make race. I don't make racist, homophobic or offensive jokes. I correct all of my friends when they do, or if they do, which is rare. And the reason. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Season being is I am just at a place in my life where... I just think that like it's inappropriate. It's tasteless. It's like calling a woman fat or like talking about like it's it's just tasteless. If I'm doing that in my normal everyday today, like million life, you need to be doing that in your on TV. Like if I'm doing that at like the Pathmark or the Walmart in town, like I need you to do that also like on a show where you're getting paid like almost as much as I would be making in a year per episode. You know what I'm saying? Like. You have to go. If you say dumb racist shit on TV, you have to go. That's like why when Vicky was making those homophobic comments, I'm like, if they bring her back, which I mean, I think we all knew that that was... Yeah. That ship had sailed for her. But I mean, even we saw like a couple seasons ago in Kim Zolciak's last season on Atlanta, where she was like, well, what do you expect when you're the only white woman sitting on a couch with a bunch of mean black ladies? And everyone was like, not today, Satan not today and then she runs and then plays the victim role and plays and turns it on the other women and then like the producers and andy was like girl that's not okay and we're not gonna i couldn't (laughs) believe that bravo even aired that when they were having that conversation in the bathroom i was or the dressing room i was like this is on she didn't really say that you know what i mean and it's like that's another moment where you're like, okay, they're taking Kim Zoltias to task, but it was great TV. So they're like, of course we're going to put it on. You know what I mean? Had she, heaven forbid, called one of them the N-word, that wouldn't have made it to TV. But it's like, that's one of those things that you should have been like, in moments like that, you're like, she might as well have, you know what I mean? To sit there and been like, all these black ladies are attacking me. And it's like, hold yourself accountable for the things that you fucking say. You're smarter than that. You know what I mean? You're, you've been on this show for how many years? it's like wake up wake up to the world like people are tired of your racism exactly like you said to your friend where he's like oh you sound angry and it's like I agree I don't really like you know like my best friends we call ourselves like the million mafia and like we are very like woke and like super inclusive and I think we we're just all raised in an environment where we're like that but really at the end of the day like I don't really hang out with people in that that are that way but I've met them you know from performing you do makeup to people from all walks of life. I'm the biggest Beyonce fan you'll ever meet in your life. And I did this lady's makeup one time and she was shitting on Beyonce. Like probably had never heard a Beyonce song in her life. It was like right after the, um, when she did that shit at the Super Bowl, when she like came out and did like the Black Panther kind of homage thing. And she was just sh- like the, the words that were coming out of this woman's mouth about someone she doesn't know I was like, this is insane. So I try to educate people. Like, you know what I say? I'm like, well, why don't you like her? You know what I mean? What is really there that you don't like about her? And in situations like this, like when I have friends, like 
I've had friends where I've said, hey, like, I don't want you to get defensive. I'm not saying this as an attack. What you're saying is racist. And at the end of the day, like, you have to kind of understand why it's racist. And I'm not saying that you're a terrible person. What I'm saying is that the way that you speak is racist. So I don't need Bravo to like put a disclaimer before every episode and be like, we've had all these conversations with our people and we know that they know what the way to go is. I don't need that. What I need you to do is like the people on the show, the editors, I need them to hold the network as a whole accountable. I need to see more black people and people of color on shows where they're represented. You live in New York, right? Yeah. Like, why are there no black women on Real Houses of New York? Because they would get attacked by Ramona Singer. Like, and that's another thing. I've, I've talked about it a couple, probably like two or three months ago, I had a show and my friend Alexander and we were talking and we were like, yeah, it'd be great to have a black woman on the show. But then you think dumbasses Sonia and Ramona, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, won't stop what they're going to say to them. And the way that they speak to Tinsley, the way that they speak to Leah and Leah. To Leah, to Leah, the tattoos. I thought it was the 1950s. I was like, this is a tattoos. I'm like, Sonia, we have seen you so drunk that you are, you get, you've gotten a concussion. You're like hitting your head on a inanimate object. That's not moving. You're and it's like, and you are here telling this woman who is, easily rookie of the year on all in my opinion on every housewife franchise 100% rookie of the year but you're standing here like telling this woman that like she's undesirable because she's wearing she has tattoos you I, all of mine <laughs> like no, but it's just like I don't have any but not because I don't like them because I'm fucking scared my brother is tatted up and down his body like my boyfriend has like nine I'm like pointing as if you're in my house because that's where they are in <laughs> yeah, my house. But like, yeah, my brother's in that room over there. My boyfriend's in that room over there. But it's like, with it's just like, I think it holds a network as a whole. Listen, like, I'm sure you have, I have seen some of these people out in public and I've seen the way they behave in public. And at the end of the day, like, I've seen like, this is going to be, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I have seen Andy Cohen at a gay club. I've seen him there. And I have seen, and I don't know him, don't come after me, Andy Cohen, but like, I've seen the demographic of men that he was only interested in. And in my opinion, it does not make sense that there, if he has so much power, that there is not more representation on Bravo. And well, you fetishize black people. You can consistently fetishize a black man, a black woman, whatever, to be whatever you want. But no, we, they don't, they're not. Oh, and that's what I'm saying. So it's like, there's like a lot, I'm not going to repeat it because it's crude, but there's that sign that's like, don't open your mouth for black if you're not going to open your mouth for black issues. So I think- I've never heard that not, one. I've never heard that one. As I well, like, gets it It's everywhere. I'll send it to you. But it's literally everywhere. I don't mind. You can put that on all the airwaves because it's, it's everywhere. <laughs> but I, this, is, this is also going like seven, maybe six or seven years ago, but like, of course I was enamored. I've been a Bravoholic from the beginning. And I was like, that's fucking Andy Cohen. I have a picture on my Instagram of that night. I was like, holy shit. His fucking friend, um, what's that guy? Bruce, Bruce took took the picture. Like, so it was, yeah. Like, I, I he wouldn't, I'm like, like, Bruce oh wouldn't. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. You're, I, I've been waiting to tell people these things because no one ever listened. They're like, what are you, what are you talking about? No I'm like really good acquaintances with Jacqueline's daughter. And I met her. Jacqueline Larina. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I met her, um, Ashley. I'm like some Jacqueline's daughter. Like I don't know her first name, but we met through the makeup world because she does makeup. And like, I met her like after 
in between when she came back on the show and when she had left. So it was like before she got married and all that, but like in that in-between area. And I, Megan, when I'm telling you, I shit myself over this girl when I saw her. Like I literally was like staring at her and she was like looking at me and I walked up to her, hand to God. First of all, I'll say this. She's an amazing young woman. She's really funny. She's definitely like trying to learn. Like, and she definitely like with all this Black Lives Matter and everything, I've seen her really try to like understand She's asked me questions. She's a really great girl, and I'm glad that we're friends. But when I went up to this girl, I swear to God, like, I looked at her, and I was like, are you who I think you are? And she was like, who do you think I am? And I was like, love and light, stay in the positive, bitch. And she was like, yeah. Light, but, positive, <laughs> but, but, but the reason I bring this up is nobody knew who the fuck she was. Like, she was at work. You know what I mean? Like, she was not, like, out here, like, geeking. And with Andy, it was different. Because with Andy, it was, like, in the center. People know who the fuck Andy Cohen is. And yeah, of course. I was kind of just, like, you know, it's weird. Because those of us that, like, we, they're, like, celebrities. Like, they're not, for me, like, I'm, like, that's a, like, that's a famous person. Like, I, you're famous. And I want to be close to you and ask you about 100 episodes in the last eight seasons. We have a lot, to, I have a list. We have a lot to talk about. But with Andy... It was interesting because, like, I, at the skate club, I was there with my brother, and we were just, like, having a great night, and I was like, that's Andy Cohen. My brother, at that point, had no idea who Andy Cohen was, and watching him, like, of course, like, you know, I was young, I was single, I was like, let me see if I can get some of this Andy Cohen, I was like, let me get that Andy up. Cohen, <laughs> I was like, and very much, like I said, it was a certain demographic of men were the only ones he was dancing with, the only ones he was interested in. And I don't know if that's his journey of who he is now, but it's been surprising to me every time I see a white person on Watch What Happens Live or every time I see people like Brandy Glanville being continuously thrown back into the ring or people like Jill Zarin when you have somebody like Marlo who we've given no platform and she's basically driven storylines for us for eight years. And there's a... There's like a rumor that Marlo at some point made homophobic comments. So that's like a big part of it. But I'm like, then you have a lot of other women that you're going to have to fire from their jobs. Yeah. Because like, I personally have seen videos of Danielle Staub saying the F-A-G word. And I'm like, and she was on like three seasons after that. So yeah. what, I'm what I'm trying to say is, I guess it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, we love black people, but like, people don't want to watch them. People don't want to see them. Our audience wouldn't understand. Yeah, they wouldn't get why we're so woke all of a sudden. And it's like, no, but you're going to be broke soon because people are no longer, people are just over it. And it's one of my favorite things about this kind of whole situation is you and I are sitting here on a Bravo podcast having this conversation because at the end of the day, it's, people are going to stop putting their money where their mouth, or not, they're, they're, people are going to start putting their money where their mouth is. And they're going to get to a place where they're like, no, I'm not supporting this bullshit anymore. Because Nini commented on that, like, dethroning and firing, too. And she was like, I got some other people for you, too. And I mean, like, Nini loves to be like, she winked at me twice at the Target, fire her. You know what I mean? But it's, I'd love to know. I'd love to know because I don't want to feel like when I'm watching Bravo, I'm hanging out with my racist friend. Totally. And I think there have been moments of shows where you feel like that, or even, yeah, I guess, Vanderpump Rules most recently where you know the whole homophobic thing and I'm like how are they even defending this and then Lala sits there and it's like how dare you bring this up for your own benefit 
No, bitch, it's for the millions of people who are watching who think that the things that this man speaks of are one, true, and two, okay to say. He's literally saying they like don't exist and that they're, you know, I don't want to even go into it, but like, how can you? And you have Britney sitting there like, y'all, this was one of the hardest times in my life or in your life. Like you're, we, it was hard for you to accept that your pastor from Bumblefuck, Kentucky was, Britney, are you really going to tell me that you didn't know that? Are you really going to try to say that you didn't know? Because guess what that? grew up with you your whole life didn't pick up on that whole, whole all of a sudden was like kill the gays and you were like what do you mean i and never knew jk <laughs> i don't believe that anymore i don't think like that no more oh why how why you, did you what? get your aggression out on someone like or now you hate black people like it's like it's just like you said those racists run in that racist circle and it's like that was why, like, one of my favorite moments ever on reality television, and I, I didn't really love her, but when Carol Radzibill was so intense about the election, and literally at that reunion, they were like, who'd you vote for? And, like, every person who didn't vote for Donald Trump was like, I voted for Hillary Clinton, or I voted for this one, I voted for that one. And, like, Ramona's like, I don't disclose who I vote for. Luann's like, I don't, I don't talk about the people I vote for. And I'm like, but you're a reality star and we want to know because we want to support you if you don't have the same values as us. Also, and it's like, I always find it to be like, who cares about who you voted for? But if you can't proudly say who you vote for, then that's the bigger issue. You got to look inward. If you are so <laughs> embarrassed to be voting for someone as the leader of a free, the freest country in the world, which is insane to say, considering people aren't free. Considering. Considering. Yeah. Considering. <laughs> but like, if you can't proudly say who you believe should run our country, then, then how'd you do it? How'd you problem. do it? How'd... how'd you do it then? And that's like, I think it's important for us to, as a society, especially as like people, like I, as an entertainer and as somebody that works in marketing or in production, when you're looking at people, like you have to think like, I don't need you to like be woke. I don't need you to like, like I said, post like an offensive picture of a fist or like have Black Lives Matter all over your room. What I need you to do is I need you to start representing what the world actually is. And privileged white girls that work at a bar in fucking the middle of West Hollywood, that's just not what the world is. Portia Williams sitting, taking her platform, speaking, inspiring both young white and black people to fight and protest. How many people do you think saw that and were like, Portia got tear gassed. And here she is back out at the protest two days later. And she doesn't need to be. I mean, I want her to be, but she doesn't need to be. She could be sitting in her multi-million dollar house with her beautiful baby and her gorgeous sister and her mom and that questionable white wig. And she could sit there and just, she could just, she could live off her own privilege. But you know what? She's doing what a lot of white people can't, where she's recognizing the privilege she has and she's using it for good. So I, for one, although I don't know Portia Williams, was super proud to be a fan of hers in that moment. And even honestly, Candy and Giselle as well, because I think that it's like important, like, listen, like as a black woman, Candy is like, I, I, I can tell you speak to what she does to inspire me as a young white man, but I can't imagine how inspiring to black women Candy Burris is. Because if you think like, yeah, she's the highest paid housewife, but like, she's also probably the richest housewife without the paycheck. Like doing it for her, period. That is so fucking empowering for women, for black women, for black people 
for single people, for anyone that is like feeling down on themselves to look at this woman and like, and you're like, oh, well, she's boring on the show. And it's like, mm, oh, well, she wrote no scrubs and bills, bills, bills. So, so like, she's out here fucking killing it. And it's, and I think even someone like Giselle, who I think like when they said Giselle, I was like, Candace has been so open about all this stuff. Like, Candace has really been a good voice for this. Granted, like, I think she, like, beat Monique up. Um, on yeah, and, and, and Bravo takes a stand there when they're people like, hit each other. Oh, girl, like, we are going to film that and we are going to yeah. put it out in 2020, summer 2020. Good luck. Yeah, but, like, when, yeah, with that, yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's probably going to be real hard to show in the summer, just with the subject matter. But like, black women which is up. the ratings will be through the roof. Yeah, exactly. But with they're like, finally, we can show this. Like, how many episodes did we watch to watch Portia like lightly snatch Kenya's face? And it's like, but they built it up for like weeks and weeks. They're like, there was a fight. There was a fight. There was a fight. I was like. I'm from an area where people fight. And at the end of the day, that was a squabble. I'm so, I don't think anybody should ever put their hands on one another. But I'm like, y'all made it seem like we were going to watch like the battle of the season. And even myself had to check my own privilege because I'm like, I'm ready to watch this. Like, I'm ready. I want to see it. And have you ever seen white women really fight on the show? Not really, have we? Have we ever seen any white women fight on Housewives? I don't, I mean. I mean, not really. I mean. One good comparison is like when Nini got not Nini when Portia got physical. I think it was with Kenya at the reunion and gets walked off of the reunion. Um, Teresa pushes her boss, the executive producer on her show and the head of basically the network, during filming and gets told to sit down and calm down and sit there. Doesn't have to leave. Doesn't have to leave. She puts and her then like her boss. Danielle snatches Margaret's hair and is like allowed to stay on the show. She, they didn't invite her back, but I get, I have like a, it's difficult for me to even admit this, but like I, when it comes to Teresa Judice, I have like a blind, she's like the bald eagle here in Jersey. Okay. Like you're like, she's the symbol of the state. Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and, like, I will, <laughs> and I will tell you this, like, I will say this when at BravoCon, when there was that argument, when Vicky's like, I put it on the map and Ramona's like, she put it on the map. But I'm like, listen, when she flipped that fucking table everyone was like housewives so like i that's what i'll say teresa judas in my opinion is the reason people watch all of them regardless though even teresa like they felt portia was so expendable that they suspended her for a season after that andy makes jokes about teresa assaulting him makes he's like she's so strong like she's so strong and solid and it's like she she grabbed you and threw she uh, she threw you you were in one place at the beginning of the altercation and then you she took you to the second location she knocked you to a second location i'm like the fight with portia and kenya was bad and like i said i don't condone violence but like they were both throwing objects in one another's spaces like where was production where was production waiting for it to happen do you know what i mean but when Teresa knocks Andy over and Danielle walks off and that now iconic moment you see production ready to grab Teresa like they're right there like ready to grab yeah they're like we're gonna get you we're gonna get you and like I love Teresa but that's another moment where I'm like not only did she come back the next season but like she then became the star of the show because that's when Melissa right after that is when Melissa and Kathy joined and it became 
rather a show about the Manzos, but a show about the Judices. And it's like, for and I mean, we'll see how that worked out. I think that like it's important to talk about the the differences in the way that the shows present black women and white women, especially when you're having a conversation praising somebody like Portia Williams, because you think like, were they just lucky with Portia and Candy that they had like these well-spoken women, and were they just like pick three black girls, pick whoever you want? Were they like, oh, like I don't like her at all, but I would love to hear Kenya's perspective. I think it would have been better to just have Kenya, Portia, and Candy. You know what I mean, like. Or you know what? Like, maybe get somebody from a different franchise. Maybe right. grab a married to maybe one just of said that doctors who maybe one of the actual like women with medical degrees. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> yeah. Well, on that note, this is the longest episode, literally in history, of this show. But we spoke for so long, and this was such a great talk. We do have to end, or else I will die of starvation. But this was amazing. I hope you, I hope you had fun. Yeah, this was really, oh, really. Oh, fun. No, this was so much fun and difficult time to be podcasting, and I've been struggling and feeling anxious about it because I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to be an idiot. But also, it's like again, like I said, this is an NPR. No one's coming here to hear my fucking hot tape. Like I'm, I'm not that kind of person. And so this was a perfect conversation, I think. To discuss so many different facets of what's going on and how many different lenses you can really look at Bravo and race and just everything. And Megan, like I listen to you all the time. Like I'm a huge fan. Like I would love to come back at some point, but I think at like, I, I think at the end of the day, like you are the right person to be able to say what you just said, where you're like, this isn't NPR, but it's like, but you're open to discussions and you're open to hearing things. You're not of like, I mean, obviously we're both privileged as white people, but you're not sitting here like, I don't understand why they would fire Stasi and Kristen. You're like, we got a list of some other ones to get rid of too. Like, let's get the rest. <laughs> but this was such an amazing like moment in my week. And I'm so, so happy that I got to do it. Oh my God. It is absolutely my pleasure. But where can people find you, follow you, watch your videos? I know you do so many different things. I feel like you're kind of like a Yeah, singer. I'm like, I'm trying, I'm like really like I'm a singer and I'm like a makeup artist, but you can find me and everything I do on my Instagram, um, which is at Jared Million underscore, because there's a man in Italy who I've been fighting for months with to get Jared Million. So it's at Jared Million underscore. And then my group is at Million Mafia Official. And you can kind of just see everything that I'm doing, but everything is on that main page. Um, I really, Instagram is my favorite form of social media. So I try to be like the most active there. There's like an at Jared Million Twitter too. But right now, if you are not of the same mindset as, as me, I just wouldn't even look at it because I'm very much like, down with the fucking racist, but you know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming out. I, for coming out, for coming on. <laughs> thank you so much. It came, came out like 20 years ago, but <laughs> <Yeah>. thank you. <laughs> All right, thank but thank you. you for having me. Of course. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.